0: Welcome to the De Jane podcast if this is your first listen Thank you for joining us for regular listeners. Thank you for your continual Contemplation of this program if you would like to support this program You are always free to write a review for it and share it with like-minded people one other way you could help the program is to purchase a Down to Jing podcast t-shirt from the Etsy store, Shoe Shirts. Those who are interested can go to etsy.com, Etsy.com, and type in Shoe Shirts. That's S-H-U-S-H-I-R-T-S as one word, or simply search Shoe Shirts as one word on Google. Again, we're very grateful for your support. Now, let us begin with chapter 6 of the Dao De Jing. 古神不死是為玄牝玄牝之門是為天地之根 Chi Pin. 古神不死 The first phrase 古神不死 literally translates to Grain god no die or valley spirit no die. Now in the polished English translation, it refers to this grain god as the Dao. But the text never explicitly states that the Grain God is the Dao. It is just assumed that this God of Grain is the Dao because this chapter has been included in this book about the Dao. Therefore, the Grain God must be referring to the Dao. It is easy to get tied down into polemics of whether or not the Tao Te Jing is referring to a creator God that commands your worship. The answer to this problem is quite simple. Does this chapter require us to worship the god of grain? No. Does the god of grain speak and give commands or instructions to humankind? Again the answer is no. I can see you scratching your head by now thinking If this God does not require my worship and is not giving me instructions to do something for him or on how I should live my life, then what type of God is it? Some of us are so used to having a God who commands us to always be doing something. Some people walk around their whole lives thinking, how does God want me to serve him? If this is the type of God you want, the Tao De Jing is not where you'll find him. But on the other hand, please take note that the Tao De Jing is not making a judgment about the need for a creator God who commands worship either. The Tao De Jing is only using the expression God of grain to give us an analogy of one of the many faces of the Tao. In this chapter, We come to understand that among its kaleidoscope of other names, the Tao can also be known as the God of Grain. And the reason for this is because grain symbolizes food and sustenance. The God of Grain Does Not Die indicates that the Tao is the source and sustainer of life and that this source does not run out of energy. It's saying that the source of life is eternal. It means that even life itself by nature is eternal. The everlasting quality of life is simply one of the characteristics of life. It's just like saying that black hair is one of the characteristics that define my appearance. So just as black hair is natural to me, eternity Is natural to life. Life lives on forever. Life does not end, just like the god of grain does not die. When some people think of God, they automatically think, okay, what do I have to do to please this God? Do I have to sacrifice animals? Do I have to pray ten times a day? Do I have to read one or more of the holy books? Do I have to join some sort of church or some sort of club or a ceremony? They never think of just carrying on living life being themselves. Perhaps they do not know who they themselves are, which could be the reason why they are running around like headless chicken trying to find the answer to the meaning of their lives. Did we ever pause for a moment and think that the answer to our lives is already within us, is already within our inner being? The answer is already in life itself. The life that you and I already possess. Did we ever think that? This is why the Tao Te Ching simply communicates to us that the Tao is sustaining your life. The Tao is sustaining my life. It does not tell us what to do with your life or how to live it. It doesn't even tell us that we should be grateful for it. The Tao Te Ching just reinforces to us that life is what it is. I think human beings already know by nature what to do with their lives. Humanity has had at least approximately 5,000 years of recorded history filled with the activities of the human races. Don't you think that after 5,000 years of experimenting with the world and playing around with the elements, that we as human beings would have learned a thing or two about what we should be doing with our lives? Or could it be that we human beings really don't know what to do with our lives? That is a possibility. The way that human history has panned out, I wouldn't rule the latter option out. Could it really be that we are still searching for the truth even after 5,000 years of debate? That I cannot answer for you. In certain religious traditions, it is well known that if you worship the right god or if you do certain good deeds or do the combination of them both, you can attain eternal life. Whether this is true or not, the Dao De Jing does not comment on. As we've mentioned before, the Dao De Jing is not a book of arguments or theories for or against any particular beliefs. The Tao De Jing is a poetic expression reinforcing the characteristics of the way things already are. The Tao De Jing does not tell us how to get eternal life. It tells us that life is eternal. My body, in the form that I know it today, will definitely pass away beyond recognition one day. But that doesn't mean that life itself has died with it. What we call death is really just a transformation. The heart beats and keeps on beating until it stops. That's just a heart stopping. Yes, it affects our whole body, but just because one heart stops beating doesn't mean that all of life in the universe ceases to exist. The heart of many others continue beating, and the heart of the universe continues beating. That is how we come to see that life is eternal, and it has nothing to do with our desires as individuals. The second statement in this chapter, Shī wei Xuan pīn, portrays this god of grain, this Tao, this undying life source, as the mysterious mother. So now, the Tao can also be known as the Mysterious Mother. It is the God of Grain and the Mysterious Mother all wrapped into one. This Mysterious Mother can also be translated as profound female. Now, we have another two portrayals of the Tao which hints to us another two key characteristics of the Tao. The first is that the Tao is the god of the grain. This is because it provides humanity food to eat in order to sustain human life. The second is that the Tao is a profound female. It is profound because it gives birth to life and life is a mystery and a miracle all at the same time. The female gender like the Tao is profound because it cannot be fully understood. Go ahead and name any man you know of who fully understands his mother, who fully understands his wife, fully understands his sister, or fully understands his daughter. Is there such a man? It doesn't matter how educated a man is. It is safe to say that no man fully understands the female. The opposite is probably also true. And this is partly due to the fact that man does not and cannot experience what a female goes through carrying a fetus and giving birth to children. This is partly the reason the Tao is a mystery. Though the mother is mysterious, it doesn't mean that the Tao is an absolute mystery in the sense that we can never know anything about it. It doesn't mean that we can't feel it It doesn't mean that we can't see it just like a husband can also share in the experience of childbirth with his wife by being there with his wife through the event fathers can also feel what it's like to be a parent by spending time with their children husbands and fathers can also savor a taste of motherhood when they are there to support mothers and children The filmmaker Bella Tarr, who is renowned for his slow cinema films, once responded to a question about how he makes films. He said, you cannot teach it, you have to feel it. This is spot on when it comes to feeling motherhood and the Tao. Even though we can only catch a glimpse of it, we can still grasp it in our own unique ways. We, as human beings, know that we are limited in our understanding of this universe and how it operates, and so we continue living within these limitations. And there is one thing that we can do, that is to feel the mystery. Just like a mother feels the birth-giving process, she feels the cravings. She literally feels her way through the 10 months of pregnancy and feels her way through the climax of labor. She does not experience motherhood via academic-style analytical thinking. She has to feel her way through. To the extremely logical and academic mind, feelings are frowned upon and not permitted in research. People who have had to go through the rigor of college and writing essays do not feel their way through. They think their way through. So the purely logical academic feelings are a mystery because it is not something they can objectifiably know. Our feelings are not quantifiable. They cannot be measured. That is why feelings are a mystery to the domain of the purely scientific and analytical. This is crucial to feeling our way through the Tao Te Ching and exploring the essence of the Tao as the Valley Spirit. The Valley Spirit is undying. It is eternal. The Valley Spirit is everlasting. The Valley Spirit is another facet of the Grain God which we spoke about at the beginning of this episode. In Mandarin, it is known as Gu Xin. Mind you, Mandarin is not the only spoken Chinese language, and this is probably not how it was read in Lao Tzu's day. But at least Mandarin is the lingua franca of the Chinese-speaking world today, so all the more reason to learn it. Not that you have to, to appreciate the Dātējīng. The message of the Tao is mostly seen, felt, and experienced, rather than thought about or talked about. What we're doing here for you at the Tao Te Ching Podcast is merely a springboard for you to go on and experience Tao in the various ways that one can experience the Tao. Learn the Tao, practice the Tao, feel the Tao, and so on. The words from the podcast is not a substitute for your own experience and actualization of the Tao. The door of the mysterious mother is the root of heaven and earth. It exists forever. It is inexhaustible. They say that nothing lasts forever. But what they didn't teach us in school was about the god of grain and the valley spirit. These are not two anthropomorphic deities. They do not have human characteristics like the Greek gods or in the Abrahamic religions where gods can be pleased or be angered, where gods can bless people for righteous acts or punish people for wickedness. The grain god is not worshiped. The valley spirit is not worshiped. They do not have faces There is no way that we can carve an image from wood and say, this is the Tao. Everyone must kneel before it or else. That would be totally irrelevant to the ideas in the Tao Te Ching. Yes, I'm sure a human being would love all that attention. Human beings are suckers for attention and worship because human beings tend to be vain and sociopolitical power often seems to get the better of us power gets to our heads and it builds up too much pride. But the higher up we inflate ourselves, the harder the fall will feel when we eventually do collapse. Because as we know, nothing lasts forever. What goes up must come down. That's a human saying. That principle applies to us as human beings. But it doesn't necessarily apply to the universe. The grain god and the valley spirit do not seek attention and do not love power. They are another two nicknames for the way of the universe. Together, they portray another beautiful image describing the cooperation between yin and yang, yin and yang. The Chinese character for gu is in itself both masculine and feminine just like the Spanish word for sea, s-e-a, sea. In Spanish, one can say la mar or el mar. La indicates a feminine noun and el indicates a masculine one. So the sea, s-e-a, in the Spanish culture and mind can be both genders and does not belong exclusively to one or the other. It is not bound to only one side. Just like the yin and the yang, is not bound to only one side. And appropriately so, because the sea naturally possesses both masculine and feminine qualities. That is the wonder of the sea. It is powerful, and at the same time, powerless. When the sea turns into a tsunami, and it washes away everything in its path. It is displaying to humankind its masculinity. On the other hand, when someone or something drops into the waters of the ocean, the ocean is powerless to stop it from sinking down to the bottom. Here we see its femininity. The sea allows the object to penetrate its surface unless the object has been especially made to keep it afloat for the time being. Eventually though, no object can float on the sea waters forever. Whatever is in or on the sea will eventually sink. This is both the power and the powerlessness of the sea. There is much beauty and enigma in this case of the sea being a divergent parallel. Now let us go back to the word gu, which refers to valley or grain. We spoke of the sea because it is a metaphor for valley and the grain. Although this chapter does not mention the sea, it was helpful for us to employ the sea as a metaphor for the grain god the valley spirit and eventually as a metaphor for the Tao which is the way of the universe. The valley in contrast to the mountain can be said to have a feminine characteristic. It collects the rain into its natural bosom and allows the water to flow back into the sea. If earth's surface was just one big plateau or mountain Where would the rainwater drain down into? We would constantly be flooded. That's the reason Earth's geography consists of mountains and valleys, and all sorts of different types of terrain. We see the highs and the lows, the levels and the slopes, the wet and the dry. We never just see mountains without valleys, and never just see valleys without mountains. They always go hand in hand, complementing each other even if they are diametrical opposites. As we discovered in the previous chapter, just because we're different from others doesn't mean that we should be their enemies. A careful observation of nature reveals to us that we should be working together without opposites just like the features of nature work together to sustain life through its cycle. Only then will we allow that rainwater to flow into and through its designated channels. Let's say we end up resisting this natural process. Let's say we try to take the law of the universe into our own hands and interrupt or impede this course. Let's say we don't want to cooperate with our opposite sides. It is our choice, after all, what we do. But what happens if water is not drained away properly through the streams and the rivers and back into the sea? What happens when a pipe in our plumbing system is blocked? It would not even take a tsunami or a flood from outside your home to cause huge inconveniences and danger to your everyday life. A blocked drain can easily flood your home from the inside. If the valleys decided not to work with the mountains, then we all get flooded. If we apply that attitude and situation into our own lives, then we can expect plenty of flooding, firstly from within our own lives. The flooding will firstly erupt within our own lives. The problem with flooding for us humans is that it destroys lives and livelihoods. I don't suppose that destruction is very popular amongst human beings. The thing that we have to understand is that it is not so much mountains or valleys or rivers or lakes or the world or the universe that will be adversely affected by flooding. Nature is not harmed by flooding. The earth remains constant and is even revitalized by flood waters. Human beings, on the other hand, will have to pay for it. The lives of animals that we use for food will have to be sacrificed for no reason. Remember, to nature, we are like straw dogs, we're all equal before the great expanse of heaven and earth. We do not have favored nation status with the sun. The stars in our galaxy are not going to sing our praises and give us shoutouts because we pay them to. The elements are not swayed in one way or the other by human will, ingenuity, or our dollars and digits. The human footprint is minute compared to the forces at work in the universe. It is the vice versa that is true. We are swayed by the forces of nature. We are susceptible to the power of the way, and that's one good reason to flow with the Tao. Let us conclude with the final sentence of this poetic chapter. The classic says, Mian Mian Ruo Yung Mian Mian is representing the fact that this root cause of life flows continually and doesn't stop. How does this happen? If you look closely at the structure of characters in the sentence, it highlights continuation and flow by repeating the character Mian. It's akin to saying phrases like again and again or over and over and on and on it goes and so on and so forth. A word is repeated to emphasize the continuous nature and flow of a certain phenomenon. A word is repeated to highlight the importance of that idea. The first part of the final sentence, mian, mian, ruo means that this root cause of life, the door to the mysterious mother, the eternal nature of the grain god, flows repeatedly like the constancy of existence. Wow, that is a lot to take in. Too many words to describe one big idea. So let's simplify it here. What it's trying to say is that the source flows on forever. The root is always there. The process of birthing new life repeats itself on and on, over and over again. The root cause operates like air. It is infinite in nature and cannot be exhausted no matter how much it is put to use. So what does all this talk of the grain god, the valley spirit, the door the root cause, the flow, and the repetition of existence have to do with us. It can appear very annoying, like one of those abstract paintings you sometimes see in an art gallery. You stare and stare, but you just can't figure out what it's all about. Then you hear important people walk by and praise the painting for its profound depth, its vitality and energy, and it makes you start to question your own clarity of judgment. You ask yourself, is this painting stupid or is it just me who is ignorant? Well, the fact that the painting made you stare at it on and on without the ability to even understand its purpose, its raison d'être, is testament that the painter behind the painting has already succeeded in grabbing your attention. So in the end, it really doesn't matter whether you were able to understand the painting or not. Understanding and comprehension is irrelevant to the bigger picture of making you stare at it and wander in amazement or bedazzlement. Whichever the case, the artist has accomplished his or her mission. You have uncannily become an audience whether you like the piece of art or not whether you understood it or not. That is what the valley spirit is like. She is like a piece of abstract art. It seems empty because you don't see the meaning of it. It's also like those door attendants who check your receipt as you're about to leave Costco or Walmart or whichever retailer checks your receipts upon the exit. Some shoppers are baffled by why those door attendants check receipts. Could it be that most shoppers are thieves and therefore can't be trusted? Or is it for some other more logical reason? Whatever the rationale behind checking receipts... The above-mentioned retailers are transnational billion-dollar enterprises and common sense would tell you that successful businesses don't waste their time, energy, and resources on strategies that don't work. So next time when you see an abstract piece of art and are tempted to think it is mere nonsense, maybe think again. Perhaps it's worth investigating into why abstract pieces of art are not absolutely abstract and actually have a tangible value to them. The repetition of existence, as mentioned in the last line, is actually the art and work of creating new things. Every time the mysterious mother or any mother gives birth she is creating something new. Every time an inventor or artist or whoever she is creates something new, she is perpetuating the flow of the Tao. She is actualizing the work of the universe. She is flowing with the way. Sometimes a new invention or a new piece of art can fetch hefty financial returns. For how exactly do you explain the sale of a single painting of cans of soup for millions of dollars? It cannot be scientifically explained, but it did happen. While in contrast, some inventions and artistic works are simply free for all because the creator wanted it that way. Whichever the case, The work and action of producing new life and reproducing new life carries on. Nothing can stop it. Even change cannot stop it. Change flows with it. Change flows from it. Even disease cannot stop it. Disease is part of it. Even death cannot stop it. Death plays with it. That is the meaning of the valley. That is the meaning of the valley spirit. That is the spirit of the cause, the root cause. That is the meaning of the root. That is the mystery behind the door. That is the substance of the grain. That is the mystery. In the mother, she is the collector of rain, the flow of the other. And with that, we're putting a bookmark in right here. I hope you've enjoyed listening and can walk away with something new today. Don't forget to check out the Jing Podcast shirt at Shoe Shirt Store on Etsy.com. Thank you all in advance my fellow Taoists. As always, this is your host, Shu Li. Looking forward to have you join me in the next Equilibrious episode of the Tao Te Ching Podcast.